Welcome to the AI Learners Lounge. I'm your host, Cambria, and this is a podcast where AI meets learning and development. From exploring how AI facilitates individual learning to understanding its integration into broader organizational strategies, we tackle it all. Every episode brings fresh perspectives, innovative ideas, and actionable advice for those looking to weave AI into the fabric of the modern learning experiences. Join me as we navigate the intersection of technology and human potential right here on the AI Learner Lounge. Hello, and welcome back to the AI Learner Lounge for episode 16. And this week, we're celebrating a special milestone. It's ChatGPT's first birthday. Now, on November 30th, 2022, that was when ChatGPT was first unleashed to the public. And in just a short year, it's shattered records and has become one of the most talked about tools for learning and development and business as a whole. So in today's episode, we're going to review ChatGBT's key milestones this year. We're going to look at how our perceptions of AI and use in learning and development have shifted and what we can look forward to in coming years. So when ChatGBT was first released last year, it took just five days to reach one million users. Now, when we think about the magnitude of this, for comparison, when Netflix was launched as a subscription service, it took just three and a half years to reach one million. Now, that was back in 1999, of course, so it's not apples to apples, because back then the internet was still pretty young, it was a bit clunky, awkward, and painfully slow. But if we look a little farther down the timeline to Instagram in 2010, it still took about 75 days to reach 1 million users. Now, there's a lot of different factors of why ChatGPT had such quick user adoption, but it really comes down to versatility and accessibility. Before ChatGPT, we never had an AI that was easily understandable to the layman person and available to the public for free. So it may have taken a bit for learning and development and other industries to really see the value. For me, the first use cases I had when I was experimenting last December, it wasn't professional at all. It was really personal. It was meal plans for the family, activities for the kids. And it wasn't until early January where I began to find practical applications for it in my work. And it took a little bit longer for some of the companies I work with to see that value. At first, there was a lot of hesitation to use AI and ChatGPT in particular. But once we started seeing a lot of the use cases emerge and different successes businesses were having with it, different research showing the outcomes that it had on productivity and other things, that was when it started to get a little bit more adoption with some of the companies that I work with. Now, at that initial release last November, ChatGPT was using GPT-3. And at first glance, if you used ChatGPT back then, it was really impressive, almost magic-like. But it did have significant limitations. And we started to see some of those in the outputs we were getting, particularly with reasoning and hallucinations. So it couldn't solve math problems very well, especially story problems. It would make up things if it wasn't within its knowledge Based And even if it was, sometimes it just made them up. So that was a big limitation. And it changed a lot of the perceptions about 
AI. So even if we thought it was initially a cool tool, once we saw these, we were a little bit more hesitant to rely on it, and rightfully so. But there's been luckily some improvements since then. And one of those was the release of GPT 3.5 in chat GPT, which it helped with a lot of those hallucinations that were happening. But we also had the system itself at that time that had its own limitations. It had a lot of downtime and access limitations. A lot of individuals were trying to use it on that free version. So that's when we got that option for chat GPT plus subscription. So we no longer had to wait. We were able to use it. And then 3.5 was quickly overshadowed by GPT-4. So I don't know if you watched back in March of 2023, the GPT-4 developer live stream where we got to hear what GPT-4 was, see some of the use cases. And there was one in particular that really stood out to me. So this was when someone had the cell phone and they had a hand sketched image of what they imagined a website to look like. And they just snapped a picture of it, uploaded it to ChatGBT, and it was able to be transformed into a website in real time. And that was followed by a demo of GPT explaining the tax law for a specific scenario. So that's where we really began to see and understand the potential behind this technology. So for learning and development, seeing that it could accurately take the tax law and apply it, that opened up new possibilities and ideas for us in the field. But a lot of what I was seeing and hearing, and we still see to a lot of extent at the time, especially on social media, is with content generation. So building course outlines and storyboards, everything seems to center on doing more things quicker. And that's not always helpful, especially for learning and development. So with GPT-4 and the other AI tools that started to become popular, I think this is where as an industry, we started to see the real potential, not just within our own workflows, but also within the learning journey too. So we started to be able to see different tools like InWorld AI, which is primarily for the gaming industry, being adapted for learning and development, for AI-driven conversation simulation, or there's different individuals out there that were experimenting and using the API for GPT and Storyline to have adaptive learning. So all these different things started to finally come together and we're able to see the value beyond just creating more. It's about doing things different and doing things better. But even with all of this, it wasn't until just a month or so that we actually saw multimodal in chat GPT. So until then, after that developer's live stream, we had minor releases here and there. So it started with plugins for Plus users, and those in and of themselves gave us a little bit more capabilities, but it was still limited because you could only use three at a time. They were slow, and it didn't perform like a multimodal GPT would. So then we also got Code Interpreter, which eventually became Data Analysis. But that's where we got to start seeing benefits on the analysis side of learning and development and how it could help us with our needs assessment and understanding our different learners' needs and different solutions that might come out of that. And then from there, we got the ChatGPT app, which gave us voice input and Eventually, we could actually have conversations with it. 
Then we got Dolly 3 and Vision. And each new feature that rolled out, it brings us new use cases for learning and development. And now we have all these things in one place. We have a truly multimodal chat GPT, if you have the plus version, that can be streamlined into a workflow. And beyond our own workflows, there's been even more exciting updates. So the recently announced GPTs are just one. And these are where you can take, maybe you have an initial prompt that you use in ChatGPT. You can build it out to be your own custom chatbot that you can use over and over again to get consistent responses. Now, these have been a little bit hit or miss for me. It takes a lot of testing, especially if this is something you plan to learn uh, to use with your learners, but it's still very early and it will improve. So those GPTs, those are just one of the updates that we've seen this year. We also now have GPT-4 Turbo, which was recently announced. So if we look at wanting to use the API in Storyline, one of the biggest barriers to that, it's cost, right? Because GPT-4 is a lot more expensive than 3.5, but 3.5 doesn't give us the full capabilities we need to be able to trust it, to give our learners the information that it needs and to be accurate. So if you're thinking about using the API for custom solutions, whether that's in your own chatbot or an e-learning solution, GPT-4 Turbo is really huge. And beyond price, there's also two other reasons for that. It's knowledge and context. So the official knowledge cutoff throughout most of the year for ChatGPT was September 2021. And now that GPT-4 Turbo is live, it has knowledge of events up to April 2023. So even without searching the web, it has a lot more accurate information. And that's true for ChatGPT too, not just through the API. And then if you are using the API, the context is another one that's big. And that's really how much the AI can remember about the task at hand. So if we think about what the context was for GPT-4, right now on the developer side with the API, it maxes out at about 32,000 tokens. And the turbo version, it gives us 128,000. So that's four times more context than we originally had with GPT-4. And the cost alone, too, it's about three times cheaper is what OpenAI has shared. So all these different things, these are just bringing us more opportunities in learning and development. We might not have seen them yet because these are new developments that are just taking place. But it's going to be something in the next few years that I think we're going to be seeing more of. So in just one year from when ChatGPT was released, we've gone from a text-based chat GPT that had quite a bit of problems with hallucinations and reasoning. And a lot of that we're still hearing about today with people hesitant to use it because they're still thinking about that old version of chat GPT. And now we have a full-blown multimodal AI tool. It's more affordable and capable than ever. It can browse the web. You can generate images all in one place. You can upload your documents, give it additional knowledge. But it does come with a catch. And that's that $20 subscription fee for ChatGPT+, which is really well worth it for an AI tool that can do all these different things but it's not necessarily accessible to everyone. And there's still some data concerns that we need to continue to be mindful of. So this is 
one of the top, if not the top concerns that I've heard this year is data management and how do we ensure that our data is secure and it's not being used to train the models or for other things. And of course, there's options out there like ChatGPT Enterprise, there's Microsoft Azure Solutions, the API. Those can all minimize this risk, but those are really on the business end. They're business decisions that need to be made because they require significant time and monetary investment too. But as individuals in learning and development, on our end, there's a lot of different things we can do too with the data and as we're working on it. So one is data substitution, maybe using placeholder information for names or locations or other identifiers. So we might just have manager A, learner B. We can also use synthetic data. So this is where we create entirely synthetic data sets that mimic our real data, but they contain no actual user data. We can also blur the details. So go through, redact, and strip out all that identifiable information. And we can aggregate the data. We can use summarized versions of it instead of individual responses. So if we're looking at survey responses, instead of uploading the individual answers, we can put in the percentage of respondents who selected each option. We can also make sure we're minimizing data. So only using the amount of data that's necessary for an analysis with chat GPT. And if certain data points are not needed, just don't include them. So it might seem like a time-consuming task, which is where you really need to balance the time saved with AI with the work you're doing to get at the data to make sure it's actually worth it. And if it's something you do often enough, making data management a streamlined process is really going to help too. So beyond those data concerns, when we look at the cost for ChatGPT+, the $20 a month, it's not always feasible. I know for me, I do learning and development consulting with companies, and I have no problem paying for my own version. But in my day job, I work as a management analyst for a government agency. And for that, I would need a completely separate paid account. And I don't think my organization's necessarily in the space to do that right now. I don't even know if I'm allowed to pay for it on my own. Probably not. But that's really where I'm at with that. And I know a lot of you are too with your organizations. And it's not necessarily something you want to be paying for out of pocket. So sometimes free is our only other option. And that's okay too. The multimodal in ChatGPT is really incredible, but it's also brought us other tools like Bing, where you can use image prompting and create images, and it uses the GPT. So it's not just that paid version that you really have to be stuck to. There's free versions out there, and we're starting to see some trickle down too with ChatGPT to the free versions. So it was recently announced that the ChatGPT app free users will be able to get voice conversations too. And for me, that's a big development because that opens the opportunities for simulations and different type of prompts that we can give to learners or they can develop themselves just to have a practice conversation before they go into a meeting or before they go into negotiations or a sales pitch or anything else like that. As many would say, this is the worst AI will be. So I'm not much of a gambler, but if I were, I would put money not just on improvements, but more equitable access in the future. And for us in learning and development, having free options available that have similar capabilities of multimodal or GPT-4, that's where we're really going to be able to connect more with our learners and bring new solutions 
with AI optimized workflows. I also think as our companies expand and invest in enterprise solutions, we're going to see more opportunities, not just on the learning and development side, but on the knowledge management side and being able to quickly find information and access it and get to it in the flow of work and having performance support type solutions. Thank you for joining me for episode 16 of the AI Learner Lounge. Please join me next Tuesday for another episode.